Amen. Church family, last week we opened up a series um, called Wisdom for Living. Uh, and a few people on the way out the door said, Dean, that's the best sermon you've ever preached because it was like a four and a half minute sermon, you know? So I don't know if this Sunday will be four and a half minutes, but we're going to try to, you know, try to be aware. Um, but just a wonderful time um, as we opened up this study in the book of Proverbs. If you've got a Bible or device, we invite you to open up with us to the book of Proverbs. We'll be in Proverbs chapter two um, today. Last week, uh, we opened up in Proverbs chapter one. If you didn't have a chance to read that this last week, I would man, I'd invite you to, to do that this week with your family or those who you may be, be near. Um, it's a phenomenal passage of scripture. Uh, and in summary, what we kind of briefly hit on last Sunday is that the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. For believers to trust in God, who he is and what he's promised, that's the starting place. That's the starting line for us as we're seeking wisdom in a world that is oftentimes not very wise. Uh, Today, we're going to be in Proverbs 2 looking at some of the benefits of wisdom. How do we pursue it? Why did God allow us to have it as we trust in him together? So we're just going to jump right into scripture this morning um, in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Uh, beginning in verses one through five. Here we go. Proverbs two, beginning in verse one. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This morning, I want to open up with this simple idea. Wisdom is worth pursuing. Wisdom is worth pursuing. In this passage of scripture, we're going to read the verses right after this. I want us to remember that wisdom is from God and it's worth our pursuit. We are called to seek it like silver and gold, all right? We're an honest bunch. It's Memorial Day weekend. We can break the ice a little bit here. Who here, if you have been this person or have been near a person that really enjoys wearing sandals, knee-high black socks, and a metal detector on the beach? Anybody? Anybody there? That's your category? Last service was, we had some hands going up. People were passionate. It was really good. I've not done that, but I have had the metal detector. It's some fun stuff, right? You walk around, see if you can find that hidden treasure. Usually it's a bottle cap or quarter or something in there. Fun story. My sister swallowed a dime when she was six years old. This is yesterday. This was about 30 years ago. And for three weeks of my childhood, this is how exciting pre-YouTube Netflix world, the excitement we had was every night after dinner, true story, my granddad would get the metal detector and wave it over her as she laid on the floor so we could track where the dime was. And then we let... Her keep the dime. Christy, if you're watching this service, I love you, and I didn't mean to call you out like that. Seeking wisdom like silver and gold. It takes work. That's not something our culture likes to hear a lot, but in this passage, the Lord is saying very clearly, if you want my my wisdom, if you want to be like me, if you want to think like me, you have to pursue it. It's interesting, though, throughout the scripture, James 1, 5, there's lots of verses that refer to wisdom being a gift from the Lord when we ask for it. It's wild to consider. Some of us may be missing out on experiencing the wisdom of God because we haven't asked for it. Others of us may be missing out on the wisdom of God 
because we are currently in a time where we are being simply too lazy or maybe even too unmotivated to pursue it. It takes work. In these first five verses, you get phrases like, make your ear attentive. Does anybody else have a hard time listening? Somebody didn't hear it. No, I'm just kidding. Like, in, in my life, there's, there are many times where some people that I'm close to will tell me something very important, and then 10 seconds later, I knew I heard something, right? Like you got to make your ear attentive. And the Lord's saying, you want to hear from him? Make your ear attentive to him. He says, incline your heart, call out for insight, raise your voice, seek like silver, search for hidden treasure. Could some of us be missing out on experiencing the wisdom that only comes from God because we are unmotivated in our pursuit of that wisdom? 16 years ago this week, I married my college sweetheart. We went, um, first time we met, there's a little discrepancy here about how we met. I was on my way to a math modeling class. Does anybody else in here have the blessing of taking a math modeling class in college undergrad? Just me, cool. Okay, no offense. Put your hand down. I'm about to call us out. Math modeling class, in my opinion, was designed for people like me, not the other person that raised their hand, who probably shouldn't have been in college in the first place, you know? They're like, let's make a class. Good luck, sport, you know? So I was on my way to a math modeling class on the front campus of Georgia College. It was lovely. And I physically bumped into this beautiful 18 or 19, she was a very young year old girl. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Hey, how did you see that? I accidentally bumped into her, right? Like I didn't know that was going to happen. Here we go. So I was on my way to a class at like, I don't know, nine o'clock in the morning. She was leaving, true story, a calculus three class. All right, so she's leaving a calculus three class. I'm on my way to a math modeling class. And she says to me, what are, what are you, I didn't know you were going to be here today. Like, what, what are you up to right now? I was like, nothing. Like, what do you got going on? This is a true story. Our, our marriage might have been grounded on partial lies. Like, that's the way. I was like, I'm just, I'm just killing time. You know, what do you, what do you got going on? She said, I'm about to go eat Chick-fil-A. You want to come? I was like, that sounds like a great idea. We went to Chick-fil-A, got a couple of biscuits. She got a coffee. I got a Coke back then. You know, we, we talked for a little while. And I proceeded to skip almost two weeks worth of math modeling classes to hang out with this college girl who was like brilliant in mathematics. Finally, she asked me about like my schedule, like what type of courses I was taking. I was like, you know, I'm actually supposed to be in a math class right now. And she said, you know, you could take me to dinner. Like we don't have to meet for breakfast. All that to say, it worked out. So if you're looking to find the right person, you know, just don't be like me. But knowing that when we did that, Man, y'all, we started hanging out. For those that, are, those that are in love in the room, right? Those married folks in the room for a little bit. And you may always remember like when you, when you met for the first time, I just thought like there was a serious pursuit going on, right? Like you just decided we'll make time to be together. We'll just start hanging out all the time, canceling on some family events. We're doing lots of other things to be together because we didn't know anything about each other. It's new and fresh. I was learning about places that were far, far away called Covington in Newton County. I was like, I don't even know where that is. And I lived there for eight years. Those early years, we pursued time with one another. As I prepared for this message and my anniversary this week, you all have been reminded that as a married person, if I'm not careful, after 16 years of marriage, I can neglect some of the pursuit. You know what I mean? I can neglect making her feel like I'm just as excited to see her as I did when we meet for breakfast at Chick-fil-A 16, 17, years and years ago. You gotta be, you gotta be intentional about that. 
Because after time, you get to know somebody, right? I mean, how many times are you like, I already know this story. We've heard this before. We can be intentional about it. And she's tangible. Like, we're going to go to lunch today and celebrate anniversary this week across from each other. If that can happen in a tangible, physical relationship with someone I'm sharing a home and raising children with, could it not also happen with an intangible God that has created me and ministers to me through the Holy Spirit that I can't see or touch? There is a chance in my life and in yours if we have known the Lord for a period of time that we might fall into a trap of neglecting the pursuit that we once had for him. He never stops pursuing us. He is a loving God that seeks all of his children. But there have been times in my life where I have not made my ear attempt. I have not inclined my heart to him. I have not raised my voice to the Lord or sought him like silver or gold. And yet all the while, I think the Lord's reminding me in this passage, it's from him. So if I want to have wisdom, I probably need to tighten that relationship with him. We are called to pursue the Lord. Ask, seek, knock. Don't give up. Spend more time with the Lord next week than you did this last week. Talk to him in prayer. Spend time in his word. Continue to get to know him. If you want wisdom, it only comes from him. Passage goes on to say in verses 6 to 19. It's a lot of passages, but y'all, this is really good stuff. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield. These are the descriptions he gives of himself. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. He guards the paths of the justice, watches over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. Verse 10, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil, delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and whose are devious in their ways. Verse 16, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth word, who what? Forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None will go to her and come back, nor do they regain the path of life. We must remember this morning that wisdom is worth pursuing and that wisdom is from the Lord. You cannot obtain wisdom apart from the Lord. Has anybody else recently, or maybe in the last five years, not that recently, looked around at the world and just thought to yourself, why in the world is the world acting like a fool, right? Like not even borderline anymore, just all out evil, right? There's no gray area anymore. Sometimes I look at that, not gonna lie, get pretty discouraged, get pretty upset. Anybody with me? I'm like, Lord, what is going on? And yet I come back to the text and come back to the scripture and the Lord continues to remind me, Danny, you know why it's acting a fool? Because they're not seeking me. We live in a world that is going the other direction from the Lord. Y'all, we live in a country that's running in other directions from the Lord. And yet the Lord calls us to be his children, to be grounded in the truth, to have feet firmly planted on the foundation of who he is and what he's promised and continue to go back out into the world and be kind and compassionate to people who are acting a fool. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. If you are a Christian this morning, some words for you today. I believe God is trying to remind all of his children to prioritize our time with the Lord. Spend more time in prayer with him. Spend more time in his word. Matthew 5, 6, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Are you and I hungry for what only God can offer? Are we hungry for the fear of the Lord? If we are, this text says, God provides for his children. These descriptive words, he gives it, shields, stores up, guards, watches over, delivers, all of these things describing what God does for us as we are seeking him. Does Proverbs 2, 12 to 15 sound familiar? This is the part that says, delivering from the way of the evil, from perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, rejoicing in doing evil. Is anybody seeing this anywhere in the culture today? Rejoicing in these things? People whose paths are crooked and are in their devious ways? Y'all, it describes, I think, some of the things that we get to experience on a weekly basis. And it's not just clothing lines and advertisements, beer commercials, and corporations. It's everything. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get tired, right? We must admit, church, that we live in a culture. Hear this. This is difficult for some of us here. We live in a culture that is ungodly and is perverted and they are delighting in evil. And if you haven't noticed, not a big fan of the Christian movement, right? Not a big fan of the church saying the same thing the church has always said. We trust in the Lord God Almighty. We trust in his son who came to die on the, sins for the, sins, die on the cross for the sins of the world. And we're putting our faith in it. Like we've got that firm foundation thing there. So I've had to ask myself, Lord, not only do you call me to be grounded in who you are, you call me to be like Christ everywhere I go. So we've got to ask ourselves, church, whether you're on a college campus or you're out for summer break or you're retired, how do we as followers of Christ abstain, push back, and remain on our firm foundation in the midst of so much evil? What does the psalmist say in Psalm 121.1? I lift mine eyes unto the hills. From whence doeth my help come? Right? Where's my help coming from? My help comes from the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. All right, now hear this. We're going to talk about the world for a second. Before we talk about the world, I'm going to talk to the Christians. Do you know why I think so many of us are struggling to be like Christ in a world that is so unlike him? To be so grounded in the wisdom that only comes from the Lord? This is just heavy for just a second. I think it's because too many of us are doing more of this. Hear me. Than we are doing this. Lord, I don't know why I'm struggling with anxiety and sin and depression. I'm just overwhelmed. Have you seen what Target did, Lord? We've lost, but I'm just kidding. Like we've lost, like we're seeing all this stuff. And all the while, the Lord's given us the text that's been around for a whole long time. And he's saying what? Danny, look up. Your help doesn't come from a corporation. 
Hear this, going to get touchy. Your help doesn't come from a bank account. Hear me, about to get really sensitive. Your help doesn't come from a man-made government. It comes from the Lord. And yet all the while, I'm just being honest in front of some of my friends today. I'm like, but Lord, it's so wicked and so fallen. I truly believe that God wants his children to stand firm. I truly believe that he wants us to say, y'all, no joke, that's really wrong. Like, we're not buying in. We're going to stop shopping, do whatever. We're just not going to do it. But hear this. This is where it gets difficult. God says we're supposed to do those things and still be willing to give a cup of cool water in Jesus' name. He says we're supposed to still do those things, stay grounded on the truth and still be willing to look at people with compassion like he does. With a broken heart like God says, who says things like, you're still worthy of a seat at this table. I'll still save you a seat. I could not disagree with you more on every possible topic. But there's grace in Christ. If I could be honest with you, some of the times I struggle the most with that in my relationship with the world that has fallen, there's no secret, y'all. It's just going to get more fallen. In the world that's so fallen, it's because I'm neglecting my own time with the Lord. And I'm sometimes failing to spend more time in my relationship with him, saying, Lord, I need your help. I need to remember who you are. I want my help to come from you so I can effectively go back into a world that a lot of time these passages describe. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The writer of Proverbs lived in a world that oftentimes didn't seek wisdom. So he asked the Lord for wisdom, to share wisdom in the world around him. Last fall, I had the chance with Dustin Weaver to go to Uganda, the Karamajong tribe. It's the first time in my life I've ever been in a village where there were children who were really, really hungry. Not my kids hungry, although my kids are hungry all the time. Anybody notice that? It's like summertime, like eating, eating, eating. Like, would y'all, for the love of St. Peter, like get, add some water. Like, I don't know, honey buns, everything. Just eat, eat all the time. It's crazy. But for the first time in my life, we were in this village and I really believe the Lord has used it. Even just last night as he was reminding me of some of these things to remind me that there are places in the world today where we've met some of these folks that are actually dying from hunger. Like actually, there's no food, you know? And when you hold here, and I'm just sharing this. I shared it first, so it's a little run through. This is just off the cuff. It's not in the note. But like if you've ever had the chance to hold a child that hasn't eaten in a while, you know? You think, all right, Lord. Let's do everything we can to help feed them. Most of us, I do not believe, are going to have an opportunity this week to go to an African village and hold a hungry child. But in my prayer life, just the last week here, as I'm reading through these, I'm like, but Lord, remind me that he describes those that are in need of him as those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And in some way, right, maybe, I think the Lord is saying like, but the culture we live in is just as hungry for spiritual things as those kids are for physical things which is wild, and I don't like it. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I don't, because sometimes I'm like, Lord, just, you know, smite them. You know what I mean? Like, let's fix it. But all the while, I have a God who says, no, not yet. He says, I want your heart, Danny, so that you can be the type of person who goes out and feeds. I want you to have the feet that goes out and shares the good news. Why does God yearn, I believe, for us to have his wisdom? Because we're in a world that's hungry for it. I believe he wants us to be prepared to share it because we trust and believe that wisdom leads to eternal life. Y'all, it leads to eternal life. It leads to an eternal life with him. The 
The writer of Proverbs says this in verses 20 to 22. So you will walk in the way of good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. The Lord has a plan and his plan is to redeem his people and his plan is to be with his people forever. Are we walking with the Lord on a daily basis, asking him for wisdom that can only come from him so that we will be prepared to better love and share that wisdom with the world around us? In Uganda, same place, a lot of those folks didn't have a physical Bible written down. So they would teach stories. and say, share these stories with the folks. And the one story we read in a village that's never heard the gospel before, the first story we ever heard was the, the tale of two paths. Very simple, from Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. Walk in, you say, in this world there are two roads. One road is wide. And on that road, you can do whatever you want. In their culture, they say things like, you can marry as many women as you want because that's a big deal over there. You can have as many cows as you want. I think in our culture, we could say things, you could say whatever you want. You can have as many Insta followers as you want. You can have a nice bank account as you want, whatever you want. You could do whatever you want on that path. But that path leads to destruction and to an eternity separated from God. But there's also a narrow road that is made possible because of what Jesus has done. And Jesus invites everyone to join him on that narrow road, which leads to eternal life with him forever. But the choice is ours to determine which road are we going to walk. For the believers in the house, y'all are walking on that narrow road, right? We're walking with Jesus. But in my own life, sometimes I get distracted and get off course. And I'm reminded that I have a God who consistently says, would you get back over here? Like, come, come here. Walk with me. For I have found when I'm walking step by step with my creator, I'm much less likely to get off the path. I've also found in my life that when I get off the path and go somewhere where I shouldn't be, do something I shouldn't do, or go down a direction that God may have not had planned, I have a loving and gracious Heavenly Father who willingly says, you ready? Come on. Let's get back to where I am. For he doesn't change. So this morning, I invite us to spend time today and this week in prayer with the Lord, asking him about your relationship with him, your walk with him. And then spend some time doing a little self-inventory. Ask yourself, Lord, I mean, to be honest, y'all, in our prayer life, when was the last time you asked God for wisdom? Was it yesterday or last week? Have you asked for that in the last year? For scripture says, it's one of the few things, when we ask for it, he gives it. So could it be that I'm missing out on some of the wisdom of God because I'm not saying, Lord, I need it. Allow me to have it. I want to seek after it. For he's like a heavenly father that gives his children what they need. Wisdom leads to eternal life, church. There's nothing else like it. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you today for allowing us to have the chance to have Lord, just time with you this morning for this passage of Scripture. We did a whole chapter today, Lord, in Proverbs 2. God, I pray for us this morning that we will be the type of people who pursue wisdom, who pursue you. Lord, we trust that there is nothing 
and all of creation that will ever be able to separate us from your love, which is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But today, for any believer that is currently in a state or a season or whatever they want to call it, where they don't feel like they're pursuing you like they once did, you know? They don't feel like they're pursuing you like a young couple that's just fallen madly in love and they just want to spend as much time. Lord, I pray right now that you, through the Holy Spirit, would remind us that you have never changed. You're the same. And you invite us back into that serious pursuit at any time. Lord, for anyone this morning that has not even started a relationship with you, they've heard about you, they're learning about you, they're new to church or new to like faith, maybe, reading these stories, God, I pray that today you would allow them to catch a glimpse of your love, to remind them that you created them not to walk through this world alone, but to walk through this world in relationship with their creator, who is fully wise, and who is willing to share that wisdom. Lord, the world around us is going in a lot of different directions, and it is very difficult to be like Christ in this world. But I thank you so much, Lord, that because of what Jesus has done, you know what it's like to be us. And you are gracious, knowing that even when we fall down or get off track, you invite us back into that walk with you. Help us, Lord, to be the type of people who are grounded in what we believe Lord, we're not going to sway on the truth of the scripture, on the promise of the gospel. That's who we are. We are your children. But Lord, allow us to spend more time with you, to be reminded of who we are in you so that we will be more prepared to share your good news with those around us. Help us to be like Jesus, Lord, in a world that doesn't know him very well. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name.